Hey, everybody, before we get to the show, I just want to share another amazing event we've got coming up called Mastering the Legal Clock and Thriving. And that's happening on the 29th of February from noon to one central time. It's me and my friend, Sarah Reed Pecking, and we are going to help you reclaim control of your legal practice in one hour. So if you don't have time to come and join us, maybe you need to come and join us. Uh, Enjoy the show, everybody. You're listening to Be That Lawyer, life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Each episode, your host, author, and lawyer coach, Steve Fretzen, will take a deeper dive, helping you grow your law practice in less time with greater results. Now, here's your host, Steve Fretzen. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Be That Lawyer. I am Steve Fretzen. Welcome back. If you're a past listener, if you're a new listener, well, you're in for a, a, a fun show today. And as usual, two shows a week to help you to be that lawyer, someone who's confident, organized, and a skilled rainmaker. We are tirelessly working to bring on the best guests in legal, the best law uh, rainmakers, the best law managers of law firms, the best legal experts, anything you can think of. Um, by the way, if you have someone you think would be a killer uh, guest for the show, don't be shy about emailing me at steve at fretson.com or emailing me on LinkedIn or whatever and let me know, hey, I've got someone or maybe it's you. Maybe you're maybe you're the next guest. I don't know. I'm not a mind reader. Get off my back. We... um at Fretzen here are working with lawyers in two direct ways. One is to help them uh, become a rainmaker through um, training and coaching and really internalizing all the things you never learned in law school and really becoming an owner of these skills that will help you drive business for the rest of your career. So it's not like you pay the money and like it's done. It's going to keep paying back year after year. I've got rainmakers doing millions and millions of dollars. and They never complain about my fees for some reason. And then the uh, obviously the other thing we do is Peer advisory roundtables, mastermind groups for managing partners, law firm leaders who want to surround themselves with the smartest, best leaders, most fun, wonderful individuals that are all motivated to continue growing and building out their um, not only their personal books, but also their their law firms. So that's enough about that. I've got Justy waiting in the wings. How's it going, Justy? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Steve. Yeah, yeah. I'm really uh, happy that you're here. I'm excited for our chat. And um, you know what we love to start with here on the show? Uh, I'm I'm your guest. You got to tell me. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. It's the quote of the show. We love our quote of the show. Uh, I mentioned to someone I might be doing something different. They said, don't keep the quote of the show. I said, okay, we're going to keep the quote of the show. And this one is by Kip Tyndall. And it is you. And this is your quote. So you know it. Yep. You can build a much more wonderful company on love than you can on fear. And that doesn't seem right. I think the tyrants running law firms is still the way to go. No. Well, well, I definitely think that that's prevalent in the industry. <laughs> right, that's the norm. What's the what's the uh, what's the way to go? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a whole it's the whole thing about the scarcity versus abundance mindset, right? Like the there is enough to go around, and if you're constantly worried about the next shoe dropping, you're not going to be looking forward to what the future can hold. Yeah. So, if you have that different mindset at the top, like the rest of your team is going to follow in that footstep. And so I've used that as kind of my guiding principle for this last year, if not probably well before that, but I just re- discovered that quote in the 2020. Yeah. It's a really, it's a really good quote. And, and again, I think the leaders that have, you know, have studied leadership and that care about culture and they care about building an environment that's going to be, uh, you know, not only workable, but also, you know, thriving, you know, love certainly over, over fear. 
Uh, there's there's no question. I mean, there are people that get things done because of fear. However, I think there's there that that's not a long term uh, play. Yeah, I think there there's a difference between the fearing missing a deadline and procrastinating, right? Like there's a certain amount of personal productivity there. But then when it comes to leadership of people and culture at a firm, it absolutely cannot be fear based. Yeah. I mean, I, my background is sales and I had some sales managers that were so horrible and aggressive and, and tyrants. And I yep. would have night regular night nightly nightmares about those managers. And I'd wake up and oh, I got to go see this jackass today. And I spent half my day just avoiding, you know, talking to them and dealing with them because <laughs> they were so negative and mean and aggressive and, and, and they just, you know, wanted money and, and okay, I get it. It's sales, but like, you know, that's why I came up with sales free selling. I just, I, I hated sales. I hated, you know, what they were trying to get me to do. And I just knew there was a better way. It's been lovely and wonderful, especially for lawyers that, you know, appreciate a, um, that kind of environment. And I think in a law firm, same thing, right? I mean, you're either building a, an environment of, of positivity and love and, and, and helpfulness, or, you know, you're, you're offering something very different. Yeah. I mean, most of the lawyers that I know, when we went to law school, we didn't go into, some of us went into it for the money, but then we were, you know, badly disillusioned at the time. <laughs> a lot of us went into it to help people, but somewhere along the way that got just kind of muddied in the waters and owning yeah. our own firms and running a whole practice area. Um, one of the things I like to to do during intakes, especially, so we do criminal defense intakes and I do almost all the intakes with clients. That's like my kind of my sweet spot. Um, I will never threaten somebody with jail to get them to hire us. Yeah. I will tell them they don't need a, an attorney and try and handle it on their own. Yes. Is there a possibility of jail for even a careless driving ticket? Yep. You bet your ass there is. Do I think you need an attorney to go deal with a fender bender in a Target parking lot? Probably not. Right. Yeah. So it, I don't sell through fear. I don't lead through fear. Um, and when it comes down to it, I, you know, I like to tell people I deal with some really sketchy people and that's just the nature of my job, but there are no bad people. They're just bad decisions. And my job as your lawyer is to make sure one bad decision doesn't wreck your entire life. Yeah. And, so, and keep going, keep going on that. Justy, give a little bit more on your background leading up to your, be that lawyer tipping point. I'd love to just have you share a little bit more about, about yeah. what you're up to. Sure. Yeah. So I run a small law firm in Colorado, Colorado lawyer team. Um, I've been doing this since 2015. I started on my own. I was previously a DA before that worked for the ACLU. I did bankruptcy and tax stuff, did a bunch of like contract jobs. I really found I loved working for myself, which shock did not work really well in the DA's office. Um, <laughs> But uh, I've had two partners come and go over the years. I'm going on nine years now. And um, yeah, I, I finally, you know, we survived COVID and not, not only survived COVID, but we were a virtual paperless law firm from the beginning. Um, we actually tripled during COVID. And so now what I like to say is we have survived the new normal because we've come back down from the craziness that was, you know, we are set up to do everything remotely already. Everybody else was shut down. So we took a bunch of work on and we grew and grew and grew and grew. And now we've kind of collapsed again to our sweet spot, which is kind of nice actually. Um, but yeah, 2023 has been probably the hardest year of my life personally. Um, and what I've learned through all of that is that the firm is there to support what I'm doing outside 
of work, not the other way around, right? Like I have to prioritize the personal a little bit more. And it's been a really difficult year. We've had two cancer diagnoses with my parents and my my husband's mom. We've lost one of them. My mo- my mother in law died um, right before Thanksgiving. Um, I got COVID over New Year's. My partner left and took four employees in the middle of uh, a spring break. Right, so it's been. I lost my dog. Right, like wow. my, okay. I was going to say, at least you didn't lose your dog. And then you threw that at me. Holy mackerel. Okay. The same same day I had to put my dog down, my mother-in-law called from the ER and said she had stage four cancer too. Wow. Okay. So So it's been been a year, but you know what? It's been a year. Yeah. You know, it hasn't really stuck is the law firm. Like I thought I was going to hit rock bottom again with the firm when partner left. We lost employees. Nope. We hired, we replaced. Yeah. We we found good people. Um, my associate now is amazing. We're growing again. We're going to probably hire another associate this year. We've yeah. expanded practice areas. It's wonderful. But but that's so. But that's such an important thing. A that you're willing to share that everything isn't always peachy. That there's personal and business hardships. That I mean, everyone listening to this podcast, they're, they're going through them now, or they've gone through them in the last couple of years. I mean, nobody's had perfection every day, every week, every month. It's just not happening. And I think a lot of it has to do with how we respond, how we take the challenges that come. I've got an elderly father. Who, you know, you guys know Larry, the lawyer. I talk about him on the show quite a bit. And you know, he's 89 years old, and his health is failing. And you know, we're dealing with that, and, and um, it's it's hard. And so, you know, how we deal with people and how we deal with our circumstances is is just as important as as anything with how we move forward. So, one thing I want to ask you about, and, and I know this is this is this is you know the the rebuilding of a firm. I mean, obviously that a part of part of what helps to grow is is having good people. And when you lose good people, they're not, you know, people feel like it's the end of the world. And for you, you may have felt that way, but it sounds like you just you just, you know, positively looked at it and and replace. Yeah. Yeah. And I I I look at these kinds of things as a little bit of an opportunity for growth too. Mm-hmm. Right. Like every time something like this happens, I've lost like multiple employees on one day. And some of them I fight for, right? Like I, I, I called up my my current paralegal. She'd been with me for years, and she was like, "I'm not happy with who I'm working with." And I'm like, "What? Right? Like, interpersonal dynamics happen even on remote teams, especially we have an all women team, so that does tend to sometimes happen too. But yeah, like it's it's an opportunity to make things more in line with my personal and professional vision." which I've been very intentional about setting and talking about and bringing the team on. And it's been a long road to get here, but I think some of it is a change in my mindset too, where good employees aren't going to be with me forever. Like I, I just know that I I'm here to help them be better, not only better lawyers or better paralegals or whatever the case may be, but to also help them achieve their goals. Like the company is there to help support us to achieve our goal. Not and and part of that is we all succeed or thrive together and make more money together. Yes, that's a byproduct of all of that. But happy employees working towards their personal goal, I can't beat that. But once they achieve some of those milestones, are they going to outgrow me? Yeah, probably. Am I an incubator for really great lawyers? Yep. Mm-hmm. They're going to go on and be amazing in their careers later, long after they're with me. So right. I have to approach it like. This is a temporary situation and we're going to do the best that we can with the years that we have with the people that are here. But I think that kind of mentality is unique 
And, and, you know, most people are like, well, I put all this time and money and energy into these people and they're just going to leave me anyway. Well, yeah, they're, that's, but you're, you've accepted it, but understand those relationships persist. There could be business. There could be somebody coming back when they realize the grass wasn't greener and you hopefully are building a culture that allows you to continue to develop new people and keep bringing in the right people that replace the good people that left for a different, a different opportunity. Yep. One of the things we've invested in and, and are working on building right now is um, the systems for onboarding and training new attorneys. Mm-hmm. Because so far, we've always hired a somewhat experienced attorneys. And so it's been an adjustment to unlearn things that other firms do differently so that I can then build them back up. And this next hire that we're going to do is going to be straight out of law school, I think. Um, okay. And so I'm kind of interested to see the the way we can shape him or her they and also build some systems that really support hey here's the here's the plan for the next six months right and if i have that in writing and it's a checklist and anyone can follow it and my whole team's on board with it because i'm not the only one doing the training it's tired it's something that if i systemize that it's really profitable in the long run because it's not just about the sunk cost at that point it's about, oh, I already have a system to bring somebody new on. It's just a matter of finding the right person. And it's probably, and you tell me if I'm way off on this, but one of the most missed elements of running a successful firm is lack of systems, right? It's, there's your desk, there's your phone, let me know yeah. what you need, good luck. Yeah. And then why didn't they Why didn't they work out? Or why didn't <laughs> they right, perform at the level that you expected them to, right? Yeah. Because there were no systems. And I think lawyers are really coming around to the understanding the old days of winging it in in their systems for everything their systems for business development onboarding training there's softwares there's automations there's all everything is available you just have to be open to it and know what's important to you in the future of your firm uh and lean into that and it's i think that it's coming around i'm seeing it like you're seeing it yeah i think it's this is probably the thing i get asked to teach on the most is systems and technology and how it can support your team I don't know why my brain works like that, <laughs> and it always has. Uh, it just kind of comes second nature to me. But yeah, I mean, it's a learned skill to do for a lot of lawyers, and anybody can do it. It's just a matter of, hey, okay, what would I have liked as a brand new associate? I mean, my current associate, she said her, I think her, one of her previous jobs, she was like, I showed up for work at 8 a.m. and the office is locked. I have no idea who to call when they're going to show up. It was like 9.30 before the partner rolled in. Nah. She'd been sitting in her car waiting for an hour and a half on her first day. Yeah. I'm like, that's not going to happen with us. Well, A, we're remote, so it's really not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's stuff like that. It's just, it's lack of communication, it's lack of respect, and it's lack of systems and and forward thinking. Which which all leads to a positive culture or a negative culture. Someone that is is not being... Um, shown that, that they're valued, not being trained, not being led along in a way that's going to be right positive, then that might be a negative culture. And so why do you feel like law firms struggle with that culture piece? I think law school doesn't do a good job of teaching us to be good managers, right? right. Um, we add, add it to the list, Justy. There are many things that law school doesn't teach right. us, right? To a certain extent, lawyers can often be very book smart, not very street smart. Empathy is something that many of us lack or have too much of. There's never a right balance. But I think 
in my experience, having done a bajillion other jobs that I didn't even put on that short little list that I gave you earlier, what what I find to be lacking is a lack of trust. I trust my employees to get their work done. It's about the work and the product and the client service. It's not about sitting around the desk from eight to five. If we're light, I want you to go and walk your dog. In fact, I, even if we're heavy on workload, I want you to go and walk your dog and please send pictures to the rest of the team because it's really difficult to get your best work done when you're constantly working under a micromanager or under somebody who is just burnt out. So yeah. you've got to do self-care too, and you've got to trust your team. And there's, I, I don't want to say work-life balance because it's always a work-life, it's all the same thing. Right. So some days you're going to have to take off to go do a doctor's appointment for your seven year old, right? Or dentist appointment on Friday, right? It's prioritizing what's important and having the full support of upper leadership when it comes to what is most important. So for some people, it's their dog. For some people, it's their kids. For some people, it's travel. And finding a way that a firm can be flexible and support all that, that's my goal. So the culture here, I have people who want to work for me, which is hilarious. They'll they'll take pay cuts to come and work here, <laughs> which is hard with inflation and everything right now. So, um, you know, it's it's nice to have that vote of confidence and to know that there is a way to do this and do it successfully. Here's everything you need to know about Lawmatics. Ready? They are the number one law firm automation platform in legal. They help law firms win new business, speed up intake, and boost efficiency. They integrate smoothly with your favorite practice management tools like Clio, Smokeball, and Practice Panther. And get this, on average, Lawmatics users get 25% more clients, save six hours a week, and grow their revenue by at least 25%. Curious? I think so. Give Lawmatics a try with a 10% discount by going to lawmatics.com slash be that lawyer. That's lawmatics, L-A-W-M-A-T-I-C-S dot com slash be that lawyer. As you all know, finding amazing employees can be the toughest job for any law firm leader. You deserve to run the law firm you've always dreamed of, but you can't get there without a great team. To get staffed up, they will help you by staffing your law firm with incredible full-time, offshore executive assistance, legal assistance, marketing assistance, and much more. The best part? They will find you a highly qualified English-speaking VA based in Latin America for only a fraction of the cost locally. At Fretzen, we use Get Staffed Up for marketing person, and you know how good our marketing is. Learn more at GetStaffedUp.com slash BeThatLawyer. Law firm owners, are you tired of relying on referrals to grow your law firm? Have you been burned by marketing agencies who do not understand the legal industry? Hey, my name is Ashley, and I'm the owner of Green Cardigan Marketing. We help law firms just like yours grow through marketing strategies that work. We track measurable data to make our decisions. We monitor your market, your competitors, and your online footprint. To schedule a call with me today to see if we can help your law firm, visit us at greencardianmarketing.com. But is it is it tougher to run a law firm virtually and 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 have a strong culture versus the potential of of you know five or ten people being in an office together? And I know I don't know how many of them are doing that on a regular basis, but maybe being part-time in person, you know, where there's, where there's more face time. Is there, what's the upside downside with all that? I mean, it's a balancing act. We do a couple of in-person events, but we have a remote team that's literally across three, four states now. 
Yeah. Um, so we don't do as many in-person events because it involves airfare and hotels. But what we do is we have a really robust Slack channel. And I've got systems built so that people can get, you know, help when they need it quickly without relying on email or cell phones. We do a quick check-in every week. How busy are you feeling so that we mm. can deal with capacity issues? Not open your calendar and tell me how much white space there is. How busy are you feeling? On a scale of step of 10, my associate, or no, I, was, I think it was my legal assistant, said 7 of 10 this week. And I was like, dude, are you okay? Right? Like, we want to get that down to like a 5. Because um, yeah. you're approaching burnout at that point. And capacity is always an issue with a remote team. Because you can't just see how frazzled somebody is when you walk past their office. So we have a quick check-in every week, and then we do weekly team meetings where we have lunch on Wednesdays. Um, we have case audit meetings where we go through every case and we staff every client matter on Mondays. We do um, quarterly bonuses and meetings about um, supporting our teammates. And then we also have annual retreat and annual holiday parties, which are in-person events. Yeah. So at least twice a year, we're doing that. And I do regular one-on-ones as well. I just finished that last week. So yeah, I mean, it's there's a cadence and there's often a lot of just asynchronous check-ins. Like, hey, how you doing? It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a meeting. It doesn't have to be a phone call. It doesn't have to be, you know, a big one-on-one. Here's your annual performance review. Kill me, right? It would be, <laughs> it's much more likely that they're going to give me feedback in their one-on-ones than the other way around. I think I had a longer list than 80 of my employees after last week. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I mean, I, I used to have all my clients in Chicago in person. Like that's how I did business all the years that I, until the pandemic, I've moved to 100% virtual working with all my clients on Zoom in groups and one-on-one. And I don't think, I, I don't think it's hurt anything from a standpoint of my relationship with them, the, the, the quality of, of how I'm coaching and teaching and everything else. And you know, I'm, yeah, I do have a, a small team of, of, of folks. And again, I don't, I think we're, we're as tight as we would be if we were in person. So I, that may, that may be a much bigger deal maybe with, 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 you know, firms where attorneys need to, you know, collaborate, you know, there's a five or 10 person team that needs to collaborate on trials and matters and such that, yeah. you know, being together might be, but I think if it's done virtually, it's still, I don't know, like I'm not, I'm not feeling that. And maybe other people aren't either. When we do trial prep in some of our client meetings, we will rent office space and do it in person, face to face. But it's nice because the overhead on that is significant. I think I spent like a thousand dollars on office rentals last year. Okay. Rent would be astronomically more than that. And so the overhead that I save on rent, I can pay my people more. Yeah. I will always invest in people over premises. Yeah. Like that's just and that's the that's why the the commercial real estate in Chicago and other cities is is in, in is in a bad in a, in a bad way. Um, I have a people... second company where I run commercial real estate, so <laughs> <laughs> I know I know all too well. But we also have thirty two commercial tenants and no vacancies coming up. Okay, so all right, we so, run it the same way. Yeah, some person's yeah. trash is someone else's treasure, or however. But I mean, it the, you know again, it's just it's just you know you're moving things around on a on a on a playing field, I guess, a little bit with that. But like, I don't know, I was just watching the news and they said like in uh, New York, for example, there's like, I don't know if it was like, uh, maybe it wasn't New York, maybe it was around the country, but it was like 37 Empire State Buildings worth of of available space. And they're just going to, you know, change it into residential. They're going to figure out other ways to leverage that space. But 
Um, yeah, it's going to come through in the end. It's just a market adjustment right now, but yeah, real I mean, estate's I'm, hurt. That's a diff- that's a whole different podcast. We got to uh-huh. do a real estate over years to talk about. <laughs> uh, I I do want to ask you about you know I'm without you know talking about you know your age, my age, or anybody's age. There's there's also another element with culture with you've got you know four different generations now potentially all working together in one firm, and everybody's different. You know, I mean that you know those crazy kids today and that music they're listening to, and you know I sound like my dad, and I'm sure he sounded like his dad. <laughs> Oh, and it goes on and on and on. <laughs> so how how do how do people build culture when you're dealing with so many different generations working together, all with different belief systems? Um, I think it's just a big. It goes back to the trust and respect, right? Like you've yeah. got to let people be what they're going to be without judgment. And I am in the unique position. Like I'm technically a millennial, but I'm like the older millennial. So. I'm maybe closer to, you know, latchkey kids and that sort of stuff. Um, all of my attorneys are older than me. Mm, I have retired magistrate. I have someone in her 60s. But I've been practicing law longer than all of them. I went straight through. So it's a different dynamic when it comes to law because a lot of times this other career happened before they went to law school, right? And I just, I had other work jobs, but I was not. I was not doing any of that for my career. It was just to pay the bill. So one of the things that's interesting is being a younger leader, supervising an older attorney workforce and their hesitation when it came to technology, because I push tech like crazy. I'm like, can we try this? You know, and next shiny thing. And my team is like, if you change our phone system one more time. Anyway, so we've hit, we've hit a nice, like, Hey, Justy, don't do this without talking to the rest of the team, right? But I think inspiring them to have confidence with using the technology and knowing that there's no real wrong way and just incremental bettering of their technology um, competency over years now, it's been amazing to see some of them be like, no, I know how to do that now. I can help you. And I can yeah. help the new receptionist who's a 20-something get logged in because, you know, we have an IT channel on our Slack when anybody's having IT issues. And I used to be the IT person, the only person who could troubleshoot any of this stuff. And now I'm the last person anybody goes to. Mm, they all help each other, which is yeah. Um, But it's always fun to, to see the older generation be like, I may be a boomer, but I know technology. Yeah. And they're, they're <laughs> you know, just right in there with the the younger ones. And my my staff is also on the other end of the spectrum, and we co- we sometimes laugh about like, I have been playing volleyball longer than you've been alive. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah, we we have the whole spectrum, but it's it's fun and it's lighthearted, and we can learn something from everyone. So respect them for who they are and ask them, you know. Am I meeting your needs? And are you feeling like you can contribute in ways that are meaningful to you? There's yeah. nothing wrong with that question. Very cool. And and kind of my final question is, all right, so you, you've built this thing that you continues to evolve. What's the next year to look like for you? What are going to be some of the key things that, that you're going to do that you'd also share with others to say, this is what I'm doing and here's why. And maybe you want to consider doing, you know, following suit. Um, one of the big things that we've started 
were um, years ago, we started this, but it's become much more commonplace now is quarterly wellness initiatives. Uh-huh. So we are doing things when we're talking about culture and why people want to come work for you, right? Like we provide a headspace subscription to the entire team. We provide a masterclass subscription to the entire team. I put my money where my mouth is and put $200 in everybody's pocket for a gym membership or a volleyball league or whatever, you know, physical activity you want. We're bringing in emotional, financial, physical, and um, mental health, like mental health, well-being initiatives. And we'll rotate through those and we keep a list of them. So all past, impl- well, not past, but past initiatives, current employees can access to. Okay. And so... I'm starting to talk about that on a larger scale to other lawyers. They asked me to come and work with the bar here for the wellness initiatives in Colorado. And it's just, it's it's a component of talking about the struggles that I've had this last year. And then also talking about how I've learned from that, how we haven't let it go, you know, just implode everything because you could just give up easily enough. Yeah. And how we can make it better for the next generation of lawyers. So that's where I'm focusing right now is really okay. on, yeah, wellness. Well, I think, and again, that kind of wraps things up in a nice little bow with, you know, good culture. You're not just work, 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 get it done. Where's my this? Where's my that? It's all, you know, a part of a system of value. You're showing, demonstrating value in your people. You're helping them with wellness. You're doing check-ins. Like you're, you're being a leader that that cares and that is demonstrating that care. And that's something that needs to happen. You know, it needs to happen. It happens in business. It needs to happen in law and in, in legal and law firms too. Um, yep. Justy, let's wrap up with your game-changing podcast called One Thing. Or is it One Thing or The One Thing? The One Thing. The uh, One Thing. All right. It's actually a Keller Williams book, um, but I I enjoy the podcast more than anything else. Okay. Because it really did help me solidify my personal goals and know how I want to present myself long-term. And then I backdate those goals. Like, okay, if this is what I want from 10, 10 years from now, what do I have to do, have done in five years to get done? What do I have to have done this year to be on track for that? Forget this year. What do I have to do this month and this week today to move that forward? And it's just one thing every day in incremental steps to move you towards your long-term vision. Yeah. and. I was really good at setting long-term vision. I was less good at what do I need today? So yeah. it balanced me out nicely. Yeah. And a lot of the a lot of the more recent books and, and philosophies on achieving goals is less about, hey, I've got this big, nasty, airy, you know, super big goal for the year and bringing it down into like, what are the daily habits? What are the things I need to do today and this week? And if you focus on those and do them well, then yeah, the the yearly goal will just occur because you're yeah. you're you're in the moment in the day doing the right things. Business development, for example, just one, but the idea that you know I'm making this a daily routine. I'm going to send out three emails a day. That's going to get me some meetings, and I'm going to consistently do that. So every week I have meetings versus it you know being on that roller coaster ride of busy and slow and 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 putting things on the back burner, which then leads to slow. So. As we wrap up, I want to thank our wonderful sponsors, of course, Green Cardigan Marketing, just crushing it on the websites and the digital uh, for their clients. Um, I'm working with Green uh, Cardigan. They're fun- Go look at my website. It's kick-ass. And we're getting tons and tons of you know people through it. Um, Lawmatics, helping, you know, you mentioned about, you know, having we good stuff. Lawmatics, I love it. 
<laughs> I, I'm, I'm all about law Maddox. I'm using it in so many ways. I'm sometimes ahead of law firms, which is surprising because I think they would get a lot more out of it than me. And of course, Get Staffed Up. And I'm a huge fan of, of my guy, Sergio, and Get Staffed Up helping me you know, work with someone who you know spends their entire day helping my business grow and making me look good. Like, do you think I'm a marketing, you know, genius? And yeah, I'm pretty good. But you know, there's somebody on the back end that's actually executing on all this stuff for me. And so, thank you to get staffed up, Justy. If people want to, Justy, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best uh, path for that? Um, I, I used to be on Twitter a lot, and now I'm not on X as much. Mm. So probably the easiest way you can find me on all the social media stuff. But the easiest way is our website. It's just www.do, like Colorado, lawteam.com. You can okay. also just Google Colorado Lawyer Team. My email is also always available, J-U-S-T-I-E at dolawteam.com. Yep. And last name, Nickel? Nickel, N-I-C-O-L. There's and no H. I no, used we're to dropping the H? Or I drop no, we dropped the H. And my, my maiden name was Coin, so I didn't really change my name. I just specified. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's then you didn't want to go with the hyphen and do the I know my friends were like point nickel. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Well, thanks so much for being on the show and sharing your wisdom. And and I'm just so happy that we got to to meet and talk a little bit about what law firms need to be doing. And there's a lot of lawyers that are going out on their own and they're 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 very interested and curious about how to do it as a solo. And then obviously if they have interest in scaling. What does it take? And, and I think you know you've you've become a, a great resource for those folks uh, to to understand what does it take to be sustainable, even when things are down, chips are down, and and you lose people or you lose you know you've got personal things coming up. So really, really great stuff, Justy. Thanks again. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, and thank you everybody for spending time with Justy and I today on Be That Lawyer. Um, again, just continuing to try to you know feed you insights and information and stories and examples of what successful lawyers are doing to keep the lights on and, and to be happy in the career. I mean, you don't want to you know, be unhappy and miserable and loathing every day. And if, if that is the case, well, maybe you need to make some changes. So keep thinking about, about how you're doing things and how to keep learning and improving. That's, that's always the key. And uh, again, we'll, we'll continue to pump out great content for you all. Uh, be, feel free to give us that thumbs up and tell other lawyers about us and we'll, we'll keep pumping out great content. Uh, thanks, everybody. Be well, be safe. We'll talk again very soon. Thanks for listening to Be That Lawyer, life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Visit Steve's website, fretson.com, for additional information and to stay up to date on the latest legal business development and marketing trends. For more information and important links about today's episode, check out today's show notes.